Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and you're welcome to Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare, namely the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we also might look at the Clare Herald, which is an online uh, publication, and we have a look and see what we think and we'll tell you what's in it and encourage you to go and purchase those papers yourself because we're very strong supporters here of the print media in County Clare. Delighted to be joined by our most of our usual panel, John S. Kelly. John, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Uh, we don't have David Fleming uh, today. David is unavoidably absent, but uh, very much uh, off the bench again is Luke Fleming. So good to see you, Luke. Uh, thanks, Jim. I'll try to keep the flame going for David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the spice that he comes out with. Okay, and remember as well, uh, the programme, the um, local media this week, is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth in Fecal, who... Uh, produces fabulous photographs in many publications and calendars and things like that. So we'll get started and we'll start as we usually do on the front page. I suppose uh, Pat, a cocaine, 70,000 euro worth of cocaine uh, in Shannon and we were talking about that, I think John was talking about it the other day. Yeah, it's week, it's yeah. not a huge surprise to, to see that. It's not, plus it's all over the place now and, and, and um Park has a story here, 70,000 of cocaine found in Shannon Forest. Uh, 71,610 worth of cocaine was located at a wooden little area in Shannon as Gardee clamped down on drug seizures in, in the county. They must be getting very tight on them. Over the, over the, <laughs> over the course of two days, more than 85,000 worth of drugs were seized in Shannon, Six Mile Bridge and the Macklin Falcons. Among the biggest seizures was seizures saw the Divisional Drugs Unit located 71,000 of cocaine hidden among trees and bushes in the wooded area of Shannon. Which are, it looks like um, cocaine is everywhere now. They, yeah. they say that it's in every, every parish in the country. Yes, uh, yeah. and I mean, I suppose that hall is simply the tip it of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's on the front page. John, there are pictures of nuns on the front page, and even some of those nuns work in Scariff Bay Community Radio, uh, but I, it, it refers to the uh, to Sister Act, John, which I know you attended. <laughs> You're quite right. The four fine-looking uh, nuns. Uh, nuns. Uh, even the, the 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 Reverend Mother, who's associated with the radio here. Very much. Yeah, uh, that's browned on, and um, and they. They're smiling. Well, the one girl in the front isn't smiling. She's, I don't know. What, what would you describe that um, actual photograph now of uh, Sarah Kate? Mm. Yeah, I suppose it will. <laughs> the, at the, the front on the, on the... On the echo? Yes. Yeah. Um, a little bit mystified, I'd say, as to what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably worried about the Reverend Mother. Do you think the Reverend Mother, Mother Brent, Brent Downey, yeah. do you think uh, that uh, Brendan um, uh, covers 
the part of the Reverend Mother oh, very as much indicated so. by yeah. that. And I don't think you'd you'd want to cross the Reverend no, Mother. No, I don't think so. You'd be polishing floors, Matt. Is there any is there is there too many Reverend Mothers left? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. But there, it was a marvellous show, wasn't it? It was a marvellous yeah. show, yes. Yeah, I know I went the first night, you went on a different night, I, I think. Friday, the Friday night. Yes, yeah. and uh, it was absolutely marvellous and great credit to everybody involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, just on, I suppose, staying with the front page, uh, Luke, there's a, the bill for COVID um, has come <laughs> in here in the Midwest I think they're talking about uh, something like 18.5 million euro um, it cost to keep us all safe. Yeah, uh, Dan Danner has the article there that the UL hospital group spent uh, that much across pay and non-pay categories to operate the vaccination centres in in the Midwest. Um, That's basically Limerick. Uh, Clare and North Tipperary so there were centres in Nina uh, Limerick and Dennis I suppose it, originally the, the, the Limerick base was out at the, what we'd call um, out in Patrick, the, yeah, the, 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 the Limerick Inn uh, which yeah. is technically in Clare or the Radisson mm, yes. uh, yeah. as, as well uh, and it sort of mo- mo- moved on as well yeah look um, it equates to about 30 I see there 37 euros 48 per dose well, it's still around, Pat, but I, I think, um, well, it was well, thankfully the vet rate from it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. you, you can listen to all the conspiracy theories that are out there, uh, saying that you know it has caused other issues, and there may be something to it. There are certainly societal issues in yeah. relation to loneliness, and I, I think, especially maybe amongst the more elderly. Mm. Um, a, a reluctance to you know uh, a lot of elder older people found it very difficult look everybody found mm. it difficult but you know when your freedom is taken away from you mm. that's you when know. you know what freedom is yeah is yeah it? yeah you know and it, I suppose um, <coughs> a, a lot of us that will say aren't in not quite at that stage yet we never really knew an era when we didn't have our freedom, you know, it was, uh, you know, if you go back to the wars and stuff like that, the emer- yeah. you know, the emergencies or stuff like that, you know, we never had to deal with any of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there are certainly issues in relation to it. But we said there's it's page one, the champion, and, and also continued on to page two there as well. And you, you nearly, I, I, I'm hesitant to sort of talk about value for money, but I think for what it did, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, we couldn't think too much about it. No, I could. Yeah. I, no, I couldn't. I, I mean, no. it, it gave us back our lives again. Yeah, to, yeah. to a fair. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose uh, when you had so many people, you had you had people in vaccination people as well. Well, you, you know, yeah. the Bahrain people. Well, uh, they were getting paid and they were paying tax or that back again. So there was a certain amount yeah. of going back to the state. And, and like uh, you know, whatever about the cost, I, I don't think there's too many people out there can complain about the systems when they were operating now like everything there would have been a, t- a few teething issues but any time I know I went to would say to the clinic it was, the clinics they were very professional oh, the bell, yeah. Yeah, no, on time yeah. you know time, yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. sort of I, I think for an Irish culture was quite surprising mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know but uh, very 
professionally done and yeah. well organised and yeah. care packing and everything. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. So you, you sometimes it, sometimes this country would amaze you that we yeah. can we can do things mm. at short notice. And, and, and I mean, take for example how it was organised at the medical centre here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, it was unreal. Mm. Yeah. Yes. and the way different clubs, people Marvelous from the rugby club, the GA club, arrived into do de- traffic and and yeah. mm. that kind of. Yeah. I I do think myself, you know. We, we look at lots of governments around the country. You look at Russia, for example, now, sending, you know, raw recruits into certain debt. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you look at our government, all our politicians will say during that. And, okay, as Luke said, they might make mistakes. But, I mean, they were primarily concerned about the welfare of the citizens of the country. Yes. I mean, you would have to say that. Yes. Even if you criticise them for individual mm, things. Yeah. Mm. Now I you're mean, talking about... I'm talking about our, our government our and our politicians, yeah. At yeah. The time, yeah. you know, during that, that mm. they they put to the in the forefront the welfare of politicians. They weren't political issues. They weren't... Financial. Financial. They said we must look after our people, which doesn't happen yeah. in every country. Actually, we've mentioned the word finance, and we've been experiencing quite extraordinary figures, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, floating in. Ten billion. In excess this year. Yeah, but then there'd be more even next year. 16, yeah. talking about 16, yeah. yeah. And tell me, it presents a massive, massive challenge politicians it does it does it does because yeah. they can walk into it with their eyes shut and create a disastrous long-term situation yes it does i know the so government you, uh, well, well, we're well, talking during the week how yeah we will have some wage rises uh we will improve services but we have to pay off our 250 odd billion that we owe as a country and but there's no urgen- urgency with that <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, that's the case. God, John, I don't that's know. That's capitalism, John. It is. <laughs> and the other thing as well is that we're talking about creating like a, a, an anti-austerity fund so that when yeah. something yeah. dips as it's bound to at some yeah, stage... Yeah, that's inevitable. That, that, you know, they will try to avoid years of austerity again. And, you know, we wish them well, all governments, this government and future governments. Yeah. Well, I, I think that if... A na- not a nationwide a global episode happens again yeah the one thing that I think won't happen is sort of um, what happened in 2008 2009 2010 where basically spending on everything yeah. you know was shut down mm. yes because the pandemic has proved that spend 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 and worry about it down the line. Mm. And yeah. that's, you're kicking the can down the line. Yeah. But they spent it and dealt with it at the time. Mm. Mm. And you think about, we're three years on from the start of the pandemic. And outside of issues on housing and inflation, and inflation isn't fully caused by mm. the pandemic, the effects of it are very much diminished mm-hmm. but you look at the global financial crisis 2008-2009 and the effects of that were still being felt 10, 10 years plus <coughs> so yeah. governments bank, central banks with the solution to everything print more money mm-hmm. that's what they didn't do it the first time 
and you saw what happened and you have the rise of sort of extremism in politics the, uh, you know the rise of we say Trump and uh, Boris Johnson in the, in the states and Boris in the UK Bolsonaro in Brazil, Brazil yeah. you know mm-hmm. and second time around I think they all decide okay well we're not going to sort of rein in the purses we're going to spend yeah you know our, was it quantitative easing slash printing loads more money? That that's what happened. Yes, mm. yeah. you know. But hopefully, lessons have been learned. I doubt it. Not yeah. in this country, <laughs> because uh, uh, one thing we're not good at doing is sums, and I hope you get onto that one uh, shortly, Jim. <laughs> well, I think Pascal Donahue and Michael McRae would be wouldn't be uh, finding out money too handy no, the way they talk anyway. I suppose look as well. You know, we are so tied into the international system with the EU. I mean, they they arrived in in two thousand and ten or whatever years was, and they. They told us what we needed to do to straighten oh, ourselves oh, yeah, up, and yeah, they would yeah. be very quick to do it again. Well, yeah, 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 they could, but you'd like to think that we'll say the politicians wouldn't let us get to that it's stage again. Stage, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Because I, I'm, I'm with mm-hmm. I'm a, Jim, the reality of life is decisions will be made. Period. Okay, at at the table where decisions are made. What is driving? The, the, the decision. One is obviously the question of how should we handle this extraordinary amount of uh, corporation corporate taxes coming in. If we make a mistake because we leave it in the hands of maybe one or two gurus, yeah, anything can happen. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. I suppose going, going back to the Celtic Tiger years, it was we have the money and by God we'll spend it. Yeah, do you yeah. know? But this is a this, this is, a lot of this is windfalling as as yes. As so yeah, but you'd like to think, John, that a bit of common sense might be used that maybe a certain amount of it would be invested into our future and maybe do something uh, for the benefit benefit of the economy and do something <coughs> for the benefit of the country <coughs> that might actually help us down the line. Yeah. Yes. And the best mm. example I would give to you with that is offshore wind. Uh, well, I, I would right. thoroughly agree with right. that. Right, and uh, the negative aspect of that would be you could talk about what the politicians have done and have allowed to happen with the children's hospital. Yeah. Would you actually, would you, uh, and I fully subscribe to what you said there in relation to offshore wind, and the Dutch ambassador down in West Clare last week was mm. very loud in his... Mm. And uh, that's on page four of the Clare yeah. Champion. Yes, mm. indeed. And I mean, um, Luke... Would you support? Would you support the state becoming directly involved in wind farming? Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I'm not sure whether the EU would allow it, but I. Oh, well, Norway does it. But is Norway technically EU. No, they're in the social. They're in, they're in, they're in, the, the, in the area. Yeah. No, but like the single currency. Or I the single I, yeah, market. they're in the market. I, I would certainly. You'd like to think that you know this whole thing. You could have a. A combination or a minority shareholding in something, but that you would set the rules and that you would invest money and you'd get the return on it. And and heaven forbid, a bit of planning might be used and that our ESB bills might go down down the line because we'd be generating so much electricity, we'd be selling hydrogen far and wide. So, like, take for following up what you said, take for example, um, a a bridge is being built, which uh, it's coincidental there is a bridge being built, but that's that's. 
not what I'm after. And the bridge, the bridge, wherever it is being finished, it's then requiring a, a what do you call it? Um, maintenance. Or the maintenance, all mm. right. Um, but uh, what do you call the... the tolls. Yes. It requires the tolls. Mm. Now, we have sold off the tolls. I mean, talk about absolute stupidity, okay? Certain capitalists uh, earned huge money on the back of the motorways, okay? And we we just let mm. it happen. Yeah, but it was mm. encouraged. It was government policy, John. That's what I know it is, but yeah. that's what... But, uh, yeah. PPP, public-private partnership. Yeah. And the public didn't really gain much out of it. Now, <laughs> in 20, 30 years, you, you think... You look at the, the East Link, the, the, the M50. Yeah. Right? A bridge that's... I, I can't remember exactly what it cost to build, and it cost the government 600 million to buy it out. Because if you didn't own the bridge, you didn't have... <laughs> control yeah. of the M50. Yeah. When they built the M50, if they had put an extra lane on it when they built it, yeah. it would have cost approximately 170 euros. When they actually got around to doing it 10 years later, it cost 970 million. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. So as we do, we have a history of no forward planning in this country and that's what makes me very concerned that yeah. if you say to a politician there's 10 billion in your arse pocket, how are we going to blow it? Yeah. Yeah. But we, yeah. we, we should move on. Well, politicians yeah. tend to think of the next election as well. Short term. You know, yeah, and that's, that's a, but it, so, so how, do we, how do we well, encourage You, you start to, to depend then on the real government, the civil service, to, um, you know, reflect, rein them in a little yeah. bit. Anyway, listen, talking about money, 6 million euro <laughs> is being offered to Clare County Council uh, to take on the uh, the heritage uh, yeah. from Crop. Shannon Heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a meeting tomorrow, I believe, tomorrow Monday, of councillors uh, to, to discuss vote. it or to, to vote, vote on it. To vote. Um, I suppose they were looking for 15 million, weren't they? Yeah, 15 or 16. Yeah, 15. Uh, was it 15 or 16? Anyway, yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you're not happy, Jim? I, I, I'm cautious. Because live horse and you'll get grass, or you you um, <coughs> you get six million now. There's some suggestion that there'll be more forthcoming over the next two years. But the definite, um, uh, the definite commitment by the minister to further funding okay. in the uh, next year. Uh, yeah, John. Uh, how how are maths were never my strong point. No, <laughs> I know they were. They were, they were not I, bad. But, but I'm just going to say, uh, six, <coughs> six and four makes what? Used to make ten. Is it gone different? Used to make ten. <laughs> now, a due diligence report submitted by Clare County Council last July. This is on page four of the Echo. Uh, identified that a sum of one five fifteen million would be needed to support the upgrading and maintenance of the site for three years. The sum announced for twenty twenty three is six million, but with potential for further funding in twenty four and twenty five, with the total amount is expected to surpass ten million. Yeah. So. This great report, which I can recall numerous of our um, esteemed members of the county council and the council staff, yeah. saying that I think, if memory serves right, it was like a 690-page document that they produced and said that 15 million. So the question I say to you is, how can they start to come around and then say that they're prepared to take six? <coughs> with mm. add-ons potentially of four. 
Mm. When they produced this 700-page document saying that they needed 15 in the first place. Yeah. This is typical Irish bullshit. <clears throat> it's a bit like double the figure that you want and you might be happy to get less but than if half. You, if you were selling a calf to John S. No, but Jim, you, you'd sorry. look for t- a lot uh, more no, than Jim, I'm, so, I'm sorry now. This is a county council report. We're supposed to trust these people. These are the gr- This is the organisation that is responsible for planning for development plans and everything else in this country. Let me hold you there at that point. It's a very important point right? you're making. And there, they, 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 yeah. to hold it. And, and letting that sink in around. Because on the one hand, we want to be involved in uh, having a say in how money is spent nationally right and there's plenty of it there and on the other hand you're sticking with the old capitalist approach i'm talking about you have the organization that is responsible for running the majority of things in this county the county that has produced a 700 odd page document stating that it would cost 15 million to take these uh Buildings and businesses over. Yeah, the difference is over five years. years look. Yeah, it's over. It's over five years. Well, this yeah. is yeah. this is over three years. Is what mm. is what it, is what it says. Three years, right? But it's uh, six what, years. The due diligence report. I said it's page four. I have it yeah, highlighted I have it here. Identified a sum of fifteen million would be needed to support the upgrade and maintenance of the sites for three years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So now they have six with. Potential add-ons of four for two years. The sums still don't add up. So you, do, if they do got, you just say if they got another two for the third year, that would make twelve. How can you have three million of a difference in what a council report states and what they now seem to be sort of happy to go and accept? Now I understand the point that six million is better than zero, but it, it reeks to me that the figure that they were looking for initially was not. Uh, out of a hat it was too high yeah. which which pours cold water on that report yes the report is simply a bargaining chip yeah which but this is Ireland this is what we do and we, you sort well, of you, you ask about sort of spending money and where things are going to go wrong it's this type of nonsense that we are enabling and you look at the, we're going to be talking about possibly the, the issues in relation to the, the car park inside Nennis that's yeah. another issue. It is, but you see, it's it's your, spending money. It is, but it's your it's your money indirectly, uh, isn't it? You are a citizen of this state. You have appointed X, Y, and Z to run the state for you. You can choose to participate in discussion to make sure that you are up to date with everything that is happening. Okay, if you disagree, use the vehicles which are there. I, okay, I agree. Yeah. I agree um, with that, but I'm t- talking about the difference in the figures. But oh, you think it undermines these kind of reports? Absolutely. Going into the future? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I sort of wonder how, why the need to create a 700-page document in the first place. And that probably cost a bit. I oh, it don't did, doubt it. It did cost. Uh, I forget the figure, but it, it, it did cost a lot. Yeah. Well, but I think the government at the time asked them to, to produce a report on, 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 on what was needed. The minister. The minister yeah, asked them to, yeah. to, to come, up with, uh, come up with a report. He did. Mm. Um, so I mean it would be interesting to see <coughs> over the next... Well, 20, 20, 22 months on, and we've had a decision as imminent, I'd say, for about 17 of those. Mm. Mm. 
Yes. We'll see what way the councillors vote on Monday. Yes. It will be interesting, but I, I, I'm, I have a great belief in the potential of our councillors. I'm not knocking the councillors, John. In Clare, I know you're not. Yeah, no. I, I know you're not, but I, uh, thinking about what attitude do I take towards a question like uh, our, uh, the hospital, you quoted the hospital earlier, and the mess we made of the actual contractual uh, work there, isn't that right? Mm. <coughs> we're not used to big projects. Where we're, I mean, I know it's not a great, a great thing to say, well... Um, well, we would hope, I suppose, that, you know, Bunratty and the Folk Park, Napogue yeah. and Craganown yeah. will be, and Inish Calthra, because that will come yeah. in as well, yeah. you know, will be well run and will be, uh, you know, facilities and, and items of interest here in yeah. places of interest you, you that people will come you, to. You cannot knock the council for how they have ran the business at the Cliffs of Moher. No. You can't, you can't knock them for it. Okay. But yeah. this is it's this the the gap in figures. I think the figure that is a little bit like we'll pick a figure out of the clouds and then we'll write a report to make it suit that figure. Mm. And and ten percent extra for well, exigencies. Yeah, but then sort of the, the accountants obviously got involved at the government level and sort of you know fifteen versus six and okay right they'll probably say right we'll give you another four million over a few years but it's still yeah. far from fifteen. Yeah. Mm. Sure, I suppose the government for playing health bar as well. They only offer two million interceptors. It's acceptable. Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. So they 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 might have they might have, uh, they might have uh, uh, questions answered as well. Okay, I, I we just one final. Yes. I mean, uh, if David were here, he'd be able to um, back this up. We had a, a fair exposure. Both of us were on the board of the Hunt Museum, which was a part of the Shannon Group. Okay, it was losing money hand over fist. Primarily, why? Mm. Well, that's where your conversation begins. I hope it won't end there, but uh, it's a it's a discussion point. What, you're taking over a, a, a situation where you're going to have to break a, a very very strongly established tradition of not making a profit. Yes. Yeah. But well, but uh, could I just say, and we're sort of we need to move on with time. Yeah. All of those businesses combined. The one that will make money on a regular basis should be Bunratty. Yeah, yes. And Bunratty should be used to enable to the fund, others to exist. To fund. Mm. That, that, yeah. and, and if that is done properly, I, I said I will happily come back in a while and retract <laughs> right. my, my, uh, <laughs> we, my, we, my we comments lead. in relation to the financial side of things. We, we lead. But in relation to Kagan Owen, like John, it doesn't be promoted as much as. You hear an awful lot of promotion on, on Bonretti, but you'll, yeah. you'll never hear that much on on, on You won't, bin. primarily because buses can't get get up there. Mm. Well, they can, but it's a mm. huge... Well, the council, I'm sure the council are in a position now. to are in a position now. This should be able to... Okay, we'll go on. We'll move to... We'll talk a lot of money this evening. St. Flannan's. Pat, I see some of the prominent hurlers who are also on the staff of St. Flannan's. And there are quite a few sports people... On yeah. the staff there, uh, but they're they've <coughs> they've they're showing their hand. Yeah, I, I, we discussed this here a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, uh, celebrated Clare hurlers back St. Flannan's objection to hospital. Uh, Gordon Deegan has the story there on page six of the Echo. Uh, former hurler of the year Tony Kelly and two other Ar- Ireland senior uh, hurling winners with Clare are opposing plans for a 25 million HSC community hospital for a greenfield site in St. Francis College in Innes. All three 
all three four-time All-Star Tony Kelly double All-Ireland winner with Clare from, from the 90s and well-known hurling pundit James O'Connor and, and the key member of the 2013 All-Ireland winning team Brendan Bogler of Teachers in St. Anne's College and have appealed and have appended their names to a group staff objection to the planned 100-bit hospital for the church-owned Greenfield site on the college grounds. So, um, the celebrate hurlers are, are three of 75 staff members who are supporting the staff objection now lodged with Clare County Council. Now, it appears a decision on this application is, is due on the end of the month, and um, the, the, the bishop is, is pushing on with which anyway, he's not, he's not uh, going back account to the article here. Yes. So I suppose we'll we'll wait and see what what will happen. Yeah. I I, I think I, I don't know. I think it's crazy putting that place there. Uh, it's in a very busy corner. You know, you know Captain Max Cross. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, I know we went through this in, in Mount Shannon as well when I was there yeah. about, you know, any land, selling land yeah. or, or yeah. giving away land. Uh, you In a school like Flans, you don't know what you want, maybe until you want it. Indeed. And the fact that there is space there and there is facilities there for increasing sport or whatever. And school buildings. And school, school buildings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to sell land unnecessarily no would be I agree with Pat yeah. I think it's a huge mistake I would hate to see it happen there's 16 acres outside 16 or 17 acres outside what the old old ladies hospital grounds are and okay. it's idle out the Galway Road and yeah. there had been an ideal place of it yeah. and there's an old building you have the old old ladies hospital building there a fine stone building and it's yeah. in, in, in very much disrepair I know you, you wouldn't have put the hospital into it because it wouldn't be suitable but still yeah. just 16 or 17 acres of grounds there that yes. they could have bought and, and, put, it, and put it in there yeah. ok we'll go on uh, Luke you and I were in the Falls Hotel in Ennis Diamond a few years three years ago now and uh, just over three years ago where we for Scarif Bay Community Radio, we covered the election, and I mean there were there were highlights and lowlights in that. And I remember, um, you know, various candidates, uh, Michael McNamara, um, the Sinn Fein candidate, uh, were elected, and others lost. Timmy lost his seat, and Pat Breen lost his seat. Yeah, I see on on page fourteen of the Champion. The, Finnegan seemed to be hungry for that uh, seat back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd pass a short comment on it, Jim, because we're sort of stuck for time. If Finnegan's national figures of about fifteen percent in the polls, I think Finnegan would want to get a bit more hunger to try and retain the seat that they have, rather than trying to win a second. Hmm. I uh, would think. Now look, we could be four or five months away from an election. We might be eighteen months away from an election, but I think. The, the mood music amongst the voters at the minute would not be f- firmly along supporting either Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael or probably the Greens. No. And, and what would Jim, on that line there now, I mean, um, who will the people f- uh, support? Well, as you as you see it. Well, John, you, you can't deny with Sinn Féin sitting on 37% of the uh, the vote. Uh, you know, I know, I know it's opinion polls and uh, the only poll that matters is election day. But if they get anywhere near uh, to that, you're potentially talking um, Sinn Féin with two seats in Clare. Hmm. You could be talking uh, one independent and you could be talking one between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. 
You know, mm. now look, you know, an awful lot can change, and a little bit like Jim, you said we didn't think when uh, the ballot boxes were being opened that uh, Violet Ann Wynne was going to get the vote that she no. did, and uh, it was the one. You know, you start to say, what are the things you can remember from that day? Uh, Pat Breen coming in through the back door, literally five feet away from us near at the time where he was going to be eliminated not having been there all day and there was a genuine outpouring of oh, sympathy for him and uh, Timmy as well yeah and Timmy as well yeah mm-hmm. Timmy had been there you know for most yeah. of the day but Pat, Pat Breen hadn't um the vote that Violet Ann Wynne got no one saw that coming and like no one saw it coming for Sinn Féin across the country but I remember as well you know at the closing stages of that count there was absolutely no certainty that Joe Carey was going to get in yes I mean they, yeah. you know he got in because of the way there was transfers, transfers yeah. went and that kind of thing but they could have gone against him as yep. well yep. do you know yeah. so there isn't that isn't a safe seat anymore no and yeah. if you look at Michael McNamara has been a very strong independent voice mm. in Clare well, you know again you know, we, we always have a tradition of throwing up one. Yeah. You know, one of the four can be a surprise. Yeah. Whether he can retain his seat next time around, you'd have to think he has a. He has. A, I would give him as good a shout as Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael hanging oh, on to one each. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. So just here, the have previously reported ex-Clare GA chairman councillor Joe Coney, former mayor of Clare councillor Mary Howard. And Bonnati Farmer John Bellady are among the names believed to be in the frame to join uh, Joe Carey and Senator Martin Conway on the ballot paper. By God, it um, should be a crowded field <laughs> if they all go, because they won't all go. Yeah, but well, they'll go, they, they might be, in the, uh, and they should be voted and they'll decide in the many days put yeah, forward. Pat, it's, it's, it's half time, and uh, right. maybe yeah. a bit of music. Just, as you, just one sentence before you go into the music. I mean, Michael Mack. Uh, had as a complaint about the 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 uh, failure to nominate and have the chief executive officer of the Clare County Council on the board of Shannon. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. came up months some months it ago. It did. We've well. been, uh, we 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 yeah. didn't get a satisfactory explanation as to why. There must be some reason why. Yeah, perceived. Yeah, there were two people appointed to the board in the last week or That's ten right. days, yeah. and I mean, and Michael praises them both as people of good ability. Yeah. Um. But but he does make the point, as you say, that Clare Limerick, perhaps Tipperary as well, yeah, uh, should have some and representation. And Galway, he was. Yes. They mentioned Galway. Mm. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Pat. Yeah, okay, Jim. What are you uh, going to play for us? It's a big hurling weekend. The, the first round of the, the big hurling games uh, is on this weekend. And, and the Clare Echo have a, a, a huge um, uh, yeah, supplement, supplement on uh, the on page starting on page twenty nine. Right, yeah. A monster hurling supplement. Yeah, so we'll we'll have we'll we'll start off with the banner. So my lovely Rose of Clare from Pelly Riley. Lovely. Okay, we look forward to it. A lovely song. My lovely rose of Claire, you're the sweetest girl I know. You're the queen of all the roses, like the pretty flowers that grow. You are the sunshine of my life, so beautiful and fair. For I will always love you. My lovely rose of Claire. 
very welcome back. Uh, that was Paddy Riley and my lovely Rose of Clare, and hopefully uh, it'll be a good weekend for, for Clare hurlers this weekend. And, and? And the footballers. Don't tell me Roscommon are playing. Roscommon are playing as well. They're playing Galway. Playing Galway. Yes. Oh, big, big, big word. The Connacht semi-final. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If Clare okay. footballers, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be going off the air team. We'll, we'll be... To the over <laughs> anyway, you're listening to local media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio, and local media this week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Now, uh, I think we start maybe the second period with congratulations to our colleagues in Clare FM and uh, Paulic Flaherty in particular for a brilliant uh, documentary uh, which they have rightly received an award from. Um, and the subject of the documentary was uh, Father Bernard Lynch, and who, who was, we had on Scarif Bay Community Radio a few weeks ago, uh, and he was down in Killaloo. But John, you have uh, you've seen a piece there in the Clare Champion. Yeah, it's it's um, by Dan Dan Danaher. Jim, when I read a letter in it, okay, I truly say I was deeply moved. Yes. Deeply moved. I wasn't at uh, uh, Bernard um, Bernard Lynch's talk in Killaloo, but in the talk, he quoted a letter written to Father Bernard Lynch by a young man from his deathbed, to be given to his father. The priest illustrated this conflict. Dear Dad, since you never phone me and hang up when I tell call you. There is no other way for me to say goodbye. When my lover died, died of AIDS, you never expressed any sorrow or compassion. You always treated Dennis like a non-person. That hurt me very much, but nothing can ever compare to the rejection and hurt that I felt when you found out I had AIDS and threw me out of the house. I was sick and your response was to discard me. You never approved of having a gay son. You told me you followed the teachings of the church and Bible, and I ever knew, all I ever knew was I loved Dennis, and Dennis loved me. When he died, part of me died with him. It has been very rough living with AIDS these past three years. Now I know I am dying for sure, and I am ready to go. I want to be with Dennis and with God, who is love. He is the father who did not desert me. I'm sure Mom will be waiting too. My brother Kevin has been a true friend. I know he doesn't understand much about being gay, but he has been there for me, and he has even lied and told me that you asked about me. You always knew where I was, so you could have seen me. You were afraid of what the neighbours and relatives would say if they knew I was gay or had AIDS. You put them before your own son, Kevin, tried to defend you. But he knew that you were wrong, and I'm going to a place of peace. Yes, Dad. I believe God is going to welcome me in ways you never did. I have no choice but to forgive you. I just wonder if you're ever going to be able to forgive yourself. I still love you. Your gay son, Stephen. Yeah, remarkable, remarkable letter. 
he, he read that out. I mean, there's, there's pause for thought there for all of us yeah. and for the decisions we make yeah. and how we, you know, how we treat members yeah. of our family as neighbours and people we know. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, we, we, we offer, again, our congratulations to Parik in Flaherty and Care FM uh, for, for that lovely documentary and to Dan Danaher for his coverage of uh, Bernard Lynch in the Care Champion. Uh, we'll go to Tungraney. There's a picture there somewhere of um, Trish, Luke, and uh, yeah, some the, the wild chocolate. I said the East Clare page of the champion is nearly the East Clare pages this week, because uh, as well as being page 14, it's uh, also page 4, um, Public Go Wild for Clare Chocolates, and uh, oh, uh, yeah. a lovely picture of Trish there, we'll say, and uh, it says the produ- Tungraney producers won a National Food Award after a public vote. So the company received uh, the Ireland's Hidden Heartlands Food Lovers Choice Award last Monday, April 17th, after topping the public poll conducted in Mar- March. So Trish and the crew, they got a, a, a nice day out at the lavish K-Club in Straffan. It's another award for a fabulous local business that has been going here in East Clare uh, for a number of years. And... Uh, as as a proud Tungreni native, I'm very glad that she's uh, in our village. Ah, oh, she's very good. Uh, we had our our two grandchildren. We were looking after them last weekend. Their parents were away, and the only place they wanted to go was Jim. Chocolate. Can we go to the chocolate factory? Yes. And we went to the chocolate factory, and they came away with a lot of half price Loads. Easter eggs. Yeah, uh, because it was, Easter was gone, so yeah. they yeah. were absolutely thrilled. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, lovely. Okay, uh, the. Look, I'll stay with you because uh, there the wind farms have have yeah we, are we covered say, in the paper. Uh, like we we have a wind farm that's potentially going to be built here has been granted planning permission by Borplanola uh, in in the East Clare area, and I, I I'm not saying that it got um, away lightly because you know it went to Borplanola and everything else like that. But a lot of it happened during COVID, and w- there may have been certain elements of it that people weren't as aware of while it was going through uh, not for lack of wanting to cover it we covered it here ourselves I know John and Jim he had some representatives from Quilche in ta- talking yeah. about it and but it's, it's got permission and basically the next uh, the next stage of it is where they're basically looking to okay. connect uh, we'll say into uh, the grid and they're basically making an uh, application to We'll say future energy is, I think, what the company is called. Uh, it will basically in- involve undergrounding a 110 kilovolt power line from north of Kilban village to Ardnacrosha, and that those plans are going directly to Bor Planola. And it'll be underground. Oh, the, well, the the underwire connection. Sorry, the connection will be underwire from 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 the plant go, going there. Yeah. Like just to give you an example of what, what they say and again treat with the health caution uh, Future Energy Ireland joint renewables venture between Quilch and DSB have said the development could contribute around 11 million locally over the lifetime of the farm which is to be 30 years it has predicted that 100 jobs will be created during the construction phase and that a rates contribution of between 638 and 1.3 million will be made annually to Clare County Council and I'm sure the council will be quite happy to get it they will be delighted with that Mm. And there's another yeah. one there, what was it, Hot Jim, uh, uh, Luke, uh, the wind farm there in, in, um, in O'Brien's Bridge. Yeah, which is one that has got a lot of exposure. Yeah. 
Mm. And there was a big meeting down there uh, recently, and there was 250 people attended. Yes. There are a lot of signs down there, oh, so, no uh, mast and or no windmills. Yeah, 25-year operational period and 10-year planning permission period. Yes. So the, the, and, uh, I think the, this company here, the, 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 they have the great record, I think, out in, in, in Europe, uh, the company is... Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Pat, uh, Era Oak, uh, Hurling and Football Club, in Ennis, I mean, just see it on the same page that Pat is reading from there. And um, amazing, they've entered into VAP-free stance. Yes. First, he thinks it's the first yes. uh, example of a No more, no vaping. No vaping. Yes. He hadn't come across you that what? Well, the, the jury is out on that as to yeah, yeah. the harm. It probably doesn't do you any good. Yeah. But maybe it's not as... But it's certainly yeah. giving a message, you know. <clears throat> well, it's the second time in recent weeks where you've, you've had articles where GA clubs are taking the lead in initiatives. Um, in social, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I'm yeah. looking there, Pat, yeah. on any Stewart uh, in the living section. I think it's page two of the living section on uh, the Clare Champion. Yeah, and, uh, and an artist from your neck of the woods. Yeah, and she, yeah, she, she, she came down from Belfast when she was a, a, young, a young girl. And uh, they came down to Shannon, and then she bought um, a, a, a cottage over near Kitchen Village, and um, she's painting now, and uh, she has a lovely painting there of uh, Perry Perry Square in Limerick. David would David be very oh yes, yeah. indeed uh, yeah. And <laughs> her son, uh, she's three children, and her son got a, a huge award in London there recently for his a uh, 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 clothes designer, ladies for women's clothes. He got a, a, a very high, a very high prestigious award because I think yeah. we mentioned it here on the radio there yes. a while back. So okay. there, she has a lovely painting there, and I suppose she's. Um, it is. She's an exhibition in Limerick. Yeah, the exhibition opens. The exhibition opens on on Thursday, April twentieth, uh, tonight at seven pm, in the People's Museum in Limerick, number number two Perry Square, and will run for two weeks. And it is opened by Doctor. Um, uh, Dara Waldron is LSAD, who was one of Ben's supervisors for her MA, and will be curated yeah. by fellow uh, actors Maya Mikhailig. Maya also curated the Limerick Actors for Ukraine exhibition this time last year, and which raised 50,000 for displaced people in Ireland. So Very good. Okay. The exhibition is on for the next couple of weeks from tonight on. Yeah. If anyone is I in the area to have a look in. Okay, I see on page four, John of the Clare Champion, uh, you might remember the, the mast, uh, the air mast in Scarlet yeah. got yeah. A, got approval there some yeah, weeks right. ago. Yeah. Um, and there seems to be murmurings of, of a legal challenge mm. um, to that. So it just struck me, when uh, an objector emerges, which in end of democracy is entitled to, do you know, okay? Um, so, you have a situation where an objecting group refer to themselves as, uh, what's it, Clare Committee? Yes, some, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't got it in front of me. I, now, they certainly don't represent me. I yeah. find that repugnant now, hmm. that uh, uh, they assume, uh, groups emerge, call themselves X, and then speak for all of us. And the media doesn't actually correct that. Well, John, 
According to the article by Fiona, they're called East Clare Community Residents and they had previously objected to plans for the masks. So yeah. you can't deny that having previously objected to it, that they're entitled, if they want to, to take this course of action. Oh, I, I, I'm not, I, I have no problem with the right. I just find it uh, strange, strange that they uh, speak or portray themselves as speaking for the residents of Clare. Yes, East Clare community residents. Yeah, that's very specific. Yeah, it gives yeah. Uh, the, very broad. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. They, they have a spokesperson, I think, a Mr. Stefanik. Oh, from Connemara. I don't know where he's from, but he's... Uh, I, I don't know the Geno man. Geno Stefanik. Pardon? Geno yeah. Stefanik is his name. Yes. So, you well, say, Jim? Well, if, if he's... Is I, he speaking for you? No. No, he's not. But he's obviously speaking for the residents, of, Which of, or at least some residents. They they don't list what residents uh, are are in. This oh, that's fair enough. Group. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah. but he's certainly you know whether they're residents immediately around where the mast is proposed to go, or whether they're wider and residents well, of East Clare in general. It's purely a language, a, a words usage. It is. It yeah. could be overcome. My problem could be overcome by rewriting the heading. Hmm. Well, well, I think it's probably the name of the group, John, East Clare Community Residents. That's probably, I'd say, where your issue is. Like, yeah. if it was called uh, certain citizens of Scarif concerned about mast. Yeah, that would be fine. Perfect. You know, but, Perfect. but East Clare Community Residents does, to a certain extent, imply that possibly the, the, the majority of yeah. the East Clare yeah. Community yeah. Yeah. has a particular opinion on this. Yes. Mm. Anyway, they presumably they, they need to find uh, for for a legal issue, they would have to find fault with the yes. the legality of the yeah. granting of planning yeah. permission. So we'll wait to see. Okay. Okay. No, uh, Pat. Uh, oh yeah, Pat is pointing out to me a thing uh, which is for Luke really. McNamara slams East Clare's lack of EV oh, chargers yes. again. Uh, I'll. again. I'll, I'll, I'll spend very little time on it because I've ranted and raved about it before. Yeah. Uh, basically, he points out there are 38 public EV charging locations in Clare with 75 charging points. Now, you might start to say, what does that mean? Yeah. Some of the charging points that exist, the, it, it would be one point, but there's actually two chargers on it. So you could say you could charge two cars off one point. Yeah. But the, the fact is that there are still none in the Killaloo municipal district and I think the council have done sweet FA in relation to it that's just my personal mm. opinion I was at junction They're talking and talking I was, <laughs> I was stopped recently at junction 14 yeah uh, on the way I had I just went as far as there and came back again but it's a it's a popular stop going up and down to Dublin yeah mm. uh, there are 12 um charging points in charge it. points mm. well no 12 some of them have only one some of them have two, but you could charge 12 cars. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Which probably isn't a lot for mm. such a busy place. I, I I, that's say. the biggest one in the country, John. I, I, or Jim, I, I go back to planning, lack of it, yeah. forward yeah. planning. I'll spend hours on it another okay. time. But yeah. we'll Lovely. Move on. They're, they're looking to put the same size one into the Obama Plaza in Moneygall. That's underway at the minute. Yes. We need one of those at literally every major filling station yeah. on the road yeah. but okay. if, this, if this new place goes ahead above in Clark Castle they'll probably have I think I think they they, had, they, well. they had planning included for 18 points yeah, in yeah. It, so. mm. Mm. the yeah. East Clare councillors Pat they're looking at a number of projects that they want to give priority to 
in the Kennedoo Municipal District. Yeah, it's, it's on the East there page, Jim, and I think it's on the... It's, uh, on it's page 21 on the Echo. Yeah, and, and the Echo. And page the, 13 on the Champion, yeah, I think. Shared, a shared vision. Yeah, uh, I, I'd like to know, uh, they have a load of points that they're on about, I just want to know when are they going to finish footpath down into the village, from Raheem down Which into Which village? Oh, Raheem to Trungraini yeah. village. Like, haven't, haven't are they looking into it? Well, having done a lot of work on, on it, uh, from, you know, to do it all the way from Kiddaloo out and leave it short about 300 yards, yeah. Yeah. and they have stated that it And it isn't that we're short of money. No, well, and we won't be next year either. What what projects, Pat, are they talking about? Well, I'd say that, that it's just really uh, covering the whole lot of, of Kildo and, 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 and the area. Um, the vision for this was, um, our vision is to maximise the opportunities for social, economic and tourism-related development in all areas of Kildo, indeed, creating high quality of life and a sustainable environment, working in collaboration with the colleagues and staff in Kildo Municipal District Office and a wider local authority, we, we aim to deliver for East Clare and the municipal district of our four key pillars of the local authority structure, rural and tourism development, physical development, social development and economic development of our towns and villages. Okay. And this was, um, I, I, I read through it earlier on, Jim, and there's a good bit on it, but uh, I think they have uh, brain about the wastewater um, deficiencies in, in, in East Clare as well. Yes. How does, okay. how does the council deal with... Uh, conflicting things which have been proposed by the council okay take for example the beautiful dandelion you know it's on the on the margins of mm. our roads take from here down to Kildu yes. for example people were asked not to cut the grass mm. public grass the council mm. were initiating this do not cut the grass until the first of July, I think. Do you not cut it on the first of July? No more May, John. No, no, no more May. No more May. Now, really, really, seriously now, drive down, if you can at all, over the next week from Scarif to the lower end of Avonlo and note the profusion of the dandelion. Now, the dandelion is like a flowering... Yes, plenty of colour. Plenty of colour. So... The, in, in West Clare, the community, no, in Shannon, is it, uh, are complaining about the lack of grass cutting. Okay. So, so there was obviously a, a communication there. problem, but, yes. but, yeah, but, but it, if every time the, the council... And most people, if you said no more May, they'd be delighted yeah, that right. they don't cut the grass in the month yeah. of May. If, but even, John, even if it was cutting, cutting your lawn for the a few weeks... Yeah. The, the, the dandelions still grow up again. I, 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 I have dandelions in you my lawn. You don't mind to cut them. You let them. I, well, I cut my lawn a couple of weeks ago because I, if I wouldn't, I, 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 I want to get a, a, a factory. <laughs> but what am I? But I mean, the, the bee, it's a bee, a bee home. I know that, but they'll, they'll grow and they'll open again. I, I had a cut and they came up, they were back up in a week and they were opened again. So okay. they, 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 they still keep coming. Before we finish and we're nearly there, John, will you marry in person? Marion, oh my! Our own Marion here, and she's our fecal correspondent on Scarif Bacon. Absolutely, Radio. no. I and uh, she's on uh, page and 11, I think. No, it's page 8. Page 8 of the, the Clare Champion. Of the Champion. But, but she, for fecal, is she is indeed, yeah. yes. The book, the novel, uh, it's her first one, isn't it? It is, yes. It's congratulations yeah. to. It's on page if you want to read it. What page is it on? 
Anyway, it's it's great to see Marion in uh, in full flow with her pen. Yeah. Did you know that she was a, a writer? Yeah, she career? she actually told us there or somebody had it on uh, on our radio WhatsApp group. Yeah. And uh, it was it was mentioned there some weeks ago, but um, it's hit the headlines anyway. So I think it's the first paragraph is lovely, just four lines. Yes. Fecal, and it's hinterland. This is Fiona McGarry now, and it's hinterland. Uh, the inspiration for a gripping whodunit from debut uh, novelist and Clare Champion correspondent Marianne Purcell, an avid crime fiction fan. Marianne's first book, A Live Omission, is due in the bookshops next month. How about that? Lovely. Good stuff. The, um, Wish her well. She also has had works in we on our programme, A Flow of Words, you know, in cooperation with Mount Shannon Arts, and she's had some writings in that as well. Will we, will we talk to her? Oh, we will. I'm uh, sure we'll talk on to Saturday. Her. If we if we get to her, if we get, we can book her. We can try. Will, will you? She might be busy. <laughs> well, all the better. She anyway. could be signing out. She, she could be signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. I think we'll have to finish, Luke. We're yep. nearly out yep. of time. So uh, many thanks to everybody. Thank you, John S. Welcome. And to Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David off the bench. Or not David. Luke he, off the he, bench he, for he, David. His poor son. So it's, um, we look forward to talking to you again. Pat, what are you going to play for well, us? We'll, we'll How will you follow up my lovely Rose of Clare? We'll stay on the theme of the huddling and we'll, we'll finish off with the, the theme tune from the Sunday game. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. One, one line on that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, go on, squeeze, squeeze it in. Squeeze Martin it in. saddles up to ride in the footprint of Genghis Khan, and uh, Martin McMahon uh, is going to ride a, a, a semi-trained horse in Mongolia, a, a belonging belonging to the native. Uh, you know, it's a small animal. Yes. Somewhere like a, a, a pony, but strong as be damned. And we we wish Martin well. It's the uh, Genghis Khan Marathon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Time to throw the ball in. We'll, we'll <laughs> stop anyway with that. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next Sunday on Scarif Bay Community Radio here on Local Media this week. For now, from us, goodbye and God bless. <laughs>